Hey everyone, great to have you back to the Inner Revolution podcast. Got another great episode today. We have a guest, uh, Pastor James Bryson. Uh, as many have uh, described him as a man on fire. <laughs> so great to have you, Pastor James. Great to be here. Thank you, Pastor. And we got our we got our fireproof gloves on. We got our fire hat. Our we got the firefighter suit here. We're ready for the flames of the glory of God to pour out of you. Mm. So uh, I hope you're not getting nervous here, the Lord. <laughs> Full battle gear. Right All right. Yeah. <laughs> not riot gear. That's good. That's a good. Amen. <laughs> um, he's recently uh, started a church in Edgewood, Maryland, mm. and uh, he's uh, just an awesome servant, and we're really excited to have him, as well as Brandon Allickson's back with us. Hello. Yeah, we're going to hear from him a little bit later. We love having Brandon on the show. Uh, but really thanks to the listeners that are their feedback and your interest really is encouraging. And uh, feel free to, uh, you know, keep dropping us suggestions and ideas. And uh, we want this to be something that encourages you in your faith and to grow. So Pastor James, uh, with all kidding aside, it's just really good to have you. I know you're a busy guy, but you're really... Uh, led of the spirit so go for it it's all yours yeah well thank you so much pastor jason for having me and uh yeah i don't take these uh, opportunities lightly so thank you um yeah so we were talking about the glory of god and how the glory of god should be the bullseye of the christian the glory of god and um i remember one time it was i was in morocco the northern part of africa in Tangiers, you can actually see the coast of Spain right from where we were at. It was, mm. it was awesome. And um, we were going soul winning, and I was with another pastor from South Africa, and we just finished praying, and there was two young gentlemen who walked down the street. One guy named was Sophie, and the other guy named was Mohammed. These guys were in their early 20s, and um, pa uh, Pastor Speedy went up to one of the gentlemen and myself and uh, we just started sharing the gospel with these men. And Pastor Speedy tapped me. He said, hey, give this guy a testimony of your life. And I gave him a testimony of my life. And and the, one of the guys, Sofian, he spoke English. And the other guy, Muhammad, he spoke uh, Arabic. So Sofian was translating for Muhammad. And um, actually, you know, Sofian stopped translating. And I said, why are you, why are you not translating? And he said, that message touch my heart hmm. and we grabbed both of those guys because they were actually muslim men and we grabbed both of them we pulled them to the side because we were in the middle of foot traffic and and uh we shared the gospel with these guys and both of them received christ right there on the streets but the beautiful part about it is this well that's if it can't get any more beautiful than that, that was just scratching another That was just a tip in the iceberg. <laughs> um, but another spectrum of the glory of God in that uh, in that conversation was um, was right after we finished talking. These two men they actually went evangelizing with us right Whoa. there at that moment. And not only that, they came to every rap that we had. Pastor Shabelli was doing a rap. They came to every rap. Uh, they came out the next day, and they came out evangelized, and they were translating for us, you know. And um, that's kind of what I want to speak about is the glory of God, how the glory of God has many different sides to it. 
Like it says in Exodus chapter 33, one of the last verses in there, I believe it says like, Lord, show me. This is Moses speaking, said, Lord, show me your glory. Like the word glory is like weight. Show me your honor. You know, like he wanted to see God. But there was another spectrum of God's glory in that chapter. It's actually in verse 11, where it says that God spoke to Moses as a man who would speak to his friend, like face to face, like in the presence of God. That's another spectrum of God's glory. And also we look at multiple different examples during the body in the Bible where it speaks about the glory of God. And sometimes we look for these great things like the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. And we look at that as like, man, like you've seen Jesus' face shining, you see Moses, you see Elijah, like this great display of the glory of God. And that's one spectrum of God's glory. But there was another spectrum of God's glory after Peter got rebuked. Because Peter actually wanted to build an altar for, for, for Jesus and Moses and Elijah, right? And Peter, he kind of fell to his face in fear. And then you have Jesus came to him, he said, like, fear not. Hmm. That's another spectrum of God's glory. And also you look at great men like Samson in the book of Judges. We know that he killed 30 men to pay off a gambling debt. We know that he <laughs> he killed a thousand men with a jawbone of an ass. You know, like this guy was just out of this world. And like the glory of God was on him for sure. But also we know that he loved exotic women, you know. And I don't have to get in the story, but his hair was cut. <laughs> he got his hair chopped off by Delilah, right? And he lost that glory in a sense, right? God was still with him, but his physical strength, his physical ability was no longer there. And we know him at the end of his life, it was one of the greatest verses, I believe it's in Judges chapter 16. They said his hair grew back. Mm. Like God still had a plan for his life and God's hand was forever on Samson's life. His hair grew back. Like that's another spectrum of the glory of God. Like God's glory comes in multiple different spectrums. And like we look at the manger scene, right? It says that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothing. He was actually wrapped in burial clothing, right? And we see like the scene, him being like in the barn. And it's just like, it's not a lot of beauty there. But guess what, my friends? There was a lot of glory there. Mm. And ultimately, we see the cross. John chapter 19. All of his disciples left him, you know. And he's up there, and his mom and John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and Mary is there. And it's just like Jesus is up there. He quoted some of the most famous words that we heard in history. But one of the verses is in John chapter 19, verse 30. It is finished. Testelestai. And though it wasn't a beautiful sight... God is taking he took on the, the sins of all of humanity and that was glorious to God. It said it pleased the Father to bruise the Son. Like that's the glory of God. It says in Hebrews chapter twelve, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It was a joy and it was the glory of God to actually bruise the Son, right? Mm. To die for the iniquity and the sin for us all. That was the glory of God. Sometimes it's not how we how it looks. It's not it's not always the mountaintop experiences. Sometimes it's just in the valley. 
and the mundane things of life, and God reveals his glory through those things. The glory of God should be the bullseye of all that we do. And out of the glory of God, we have evangelism, we have equipping of the saints, and we have the multiplicity of the different works that all should point back to the central thing, which is actually Christ. And He's the one that we should put the emphasis on. We should put the honor, the esteem, all on Him, because in Christ is where we experience the glory of God. And it's two glories. There's one aspect of glory where... His, the totality of who he is is glory, right? Everything that he does is sourced in his glory, but as well as man's response to that. You know, we should yield to him because he is glorious, right? He is good. We should serve him. We should, we should love him. We should commune with him. We should have a personal vertical with him because he is glorious. The sum total of who he is. Is glory. And we have the privilege to have that relationship by virtue of the glorious cross. It was a rugged cross, but it was a glorious cross. Mm. And so that's pretty much my thought. The glory of God, let that be the bullseye of your Christian walk. Wow. Wow, that's, uh, that's an amazing thought, Pastor James, just... Uh, that testimony was incredible. That's an incredible testimony. Uh, you know, just thinking about the glory of God, and sometimes we might <clears throat> really have like a kind of like a very mystical idea of what glory is. But I love the way you broke it down that God, you know, it may not be beautiful, but there's a lot of glory. That's a great statement. You know, I think of uh, what God's going to do in Edgewood. You know, that's quite a place up there, <laughs> but there's a lot of glory. It's nothing, it's nothing glorious by our, our own estimation, but the people there are going to be, uh, they're going to be touched by the glory of God. And you said this great statement. I, I'd love for you to maybe unpack it a little bit. You said that the glory of God is the bullseye of what we do. Now I like shooting darts. I'm not any good at it. <laughs> I always, every time I play darts, I make sure people are far away. You wow. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I'm not around you when you're shooting your darts. Okay. <laughs> Especially fun when you get the blindfold going on. Oh, no. No, no. No, just joking. <laughs> I rebuke you. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. That was nice. Hey, that's the glory Probably, of God. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, what a motivation. What a... Like so many are results driven, so many are, are just like, hey, I, I, you know, I want notoriety here. I want people to see how amazing I am. But uh, a servant that is like Psalm one fifteen one, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto you be the glory. And it's like, so maybe unpack that a little bit. How is it that we can uh, make glory our bullseye? Hmm. Some practical thoughts. Yeah, practical thoughts would be number one is um, it's his word, right? You know, um, David said in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11, like I hid your word in my heart, so I will not sin against you. Hmm. And actually, you look at sin, it's like maybe missing the target, like the bullseye. Uh, but also, it could be like I hid God's word in my heart, so I would not exalt myself against you. You know, like my personal ambitions, my personal motives, you know, like I hid God's word in my heart so I can think with him. Mm 
Mm. I can commune with him. I can have his mind, right? Mm. Um, So that's one practical way. Another practical way is the church. Putting yourself around people who are or have the glory of God as the bullseye in their lives, mm. you know? Mm. And that would actually realign your focus as well when you're around other people who are thinking the, the things of God, you know, who are being encouraged and built up and in, who are encouraging you in your walk with God as well. Um, another way is to evangelize. Like that's, huh. evangelism mm. is key. Evangelism. Like you, it, it helps the other person to receive and in, obviously, you know. But also, it like you rehearse the goodness of God in your conversation. And you're reminded once again about God's faithfulness, about His glory. You know, so evangelism is another practical way for us to make the glory of God the bullseye in our lives. Also, prayer. Wow, being brutally honest with God. You know, being on your knees before God. That humility, prayer brings in humility in our walk with God, Mm. you know. It brings that essence like we heard the other night, you know. It's like in our prayer life. It cuts out the formalism. And we can be formalistic in our prayer life, and Jesus spoke about about that. But it's a way really just to commune with God in a personal way, you know. Mm -hmm. Jesus becomes tangible through our prayer life. Um, So prayer is another practical way. Wow. You know, yeah, before you give it, because I want you to share too, like I love what you said in Exodus, that Lord, show me your glory. That prayer has changed my life. Like what a, what a daily prayer that God will show you all these things in a personal way. Yeah, Brandon, go ahead. Great to have you, Brandon. Pastor uh, Sturge Gorham in the rap today, today he was talking about how God wants to supply all of our needs for us. He wants to take care of us. And sometimes it's possible that we can rob God of his glory by trying to do things in our own strength, trying to say, no, God, I've got this. I'm going to do these things. And God's saying, no, I want to do them for you, because if I do them for you, then I will get the glory for those things. Mm. And I will be able be able to, to have the credit for these things instead of you having the credit. God's saying, I want the credit for these things. And he wants to do it because he loves us. He loves us. Isn't that interesting that we can actually steal or usurp God's glory by mm. by somehow thinking it was something we generated or we manufactured? Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, <clears throat> now, Brandon, maybe you can ride with this a little bit. Like one of our pastors here uh, said an interesting statement. They said that America has lost its axe head and we know that story in Kings where there was, they were cutting down trees and the axe, the iron came off the actual physical axe handle and uh, it went into the water and their, their complaint was, wow, this axe head was borrowed. What are we going to do? And Elisha prayed and the axe head started to float, right? Mm-hmm. And they were able to retrieve the axe head and continue. But, um, you know, you're talking about glory. You're talking about the work of God in these end days. It's almost like the axe head. If we lose the glory of God, it's like we've lost our axe head. We've lost our purpose. We've lost our edge. We've lost our effectiveness. And um, I don't know if you want to comment on that. Like, 
how can America, uh, and that's a broad statement, how can I, let's just make it personal, how can I uh, retrieve my my uh, my axe head? Now, in this story, they put a stick in there, right, into the water, you know, a reflection of the cross, and the, and the iron floated. Uh, but I think what Pastor James is saying, what we're saying today, is really an awesome illustration of that, but... America's lost its accent. Would you would you say that's accurate? Yeah. <clears throat> what I'm thinking about when you say that, Pastor Jason, is that um, there there's this uh, dynamic where the world is the world. And it's like the world, the people that are lost in the world, they have lost their axe head. And they're like, "How? what do we do? What do we do? And as, as Christians in America, um, I think it's so important that instead of bashing and coming against and judging them for losing the axe head, instead we, we are moved to compassion through the Spirit of Christ and we are to pray for them, pray for them and love them and bring them the cross mm-hmm. so that we can get that their axe head back floating. Because you see, and, and you can see it on social media, all of this back and forth, and the, the scripture that says, be careful not to devour, to bite and devour one another, right? Mm. And, and that's talking about the body of Christ. But we, I think we can also apply it in, in this way where, you know, we, we, sure, we can bite and devour people who are of the world and they're lost in their sin. And, they, and maybe they, they're, they're speaking words they don't even realize that, that they have lost their axe head. But 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 what what's a better way? The better way is to lo- love with the love of of Christ, to show mm. the cross, to pray for them, and believe that the that the prayers actually make it make a difference for them, and actually can can bring them bring them into a, a relationship with Jesus that can bring them into revival in the nation. Yes, believe in, instead of a. Uh, believing the despair that the country is lost and we might as well just pack it up and go home and start like, you know, uh, telling people they're off. Maybe we can believe that we have victory in our prayer life, that we have victory as Christians. We do have an answer. The cross does make a difference. And, and, um, when, when, uh, uh, when people hear the gospel, something does happen. Yeah. Amen. I, I mean, what a what a what a dynamic way, uh, as Pastor James, you said it to res- my response to God's glory. That's mm-hmm. it. It's not there to, uh, you know, swing around like what's wrong, what you know, what the problem is, or problem centric. Rather than we can be problem centered, uh, promise centered, promise centered. Right, mm-hmm. Pastor James, like you said, my response to God's glory. Uh, what would you say about the axe head? I mean, you gave some very practical examples. You said prayer, mm-hmm. evangelism. Mm-hmm. You know, evangelism, sharing our faith. This mm-hmm. is such a, uh, it's such an amazing vehicle. Maybe people are afraid to share their faith. Uh, reading the Word. Mm-hmm. You gave a couple of other options here, or but but what do you think about the axe head being lost? It's pretty accurate, huh? Oh yeah, Second uh, Kings chapter six. It. Um, it speaks about that story, just in case if you wanted to look it up. But uh, one thing that Elijah said, he told him to pick it up, the prophet to like pick it up, you know. And in this one sense, like we as um, believers, like we actually have to, by faith, 
you know, believe what God has said, you know, like almost like pick up the axe head. Elijah didn't pick it up and try to spoon feed him, but he provoked them unto, unto faith and provoked them to make a decision to pick it up, you know. Um, right now, I think it's a great opportunity, not for judgment, not for slander, but a great opportunity to minister, mm. right? We are ministers of God, ambassadors of God. It even says Jesus didn't come to be ministered unto, but he came to minister. You know, like this is a perfect season to actually lay down our lives for those who have opposing views. Mm. You know, this is an opportunity for us to, to listen, to be vulnerable in that way, you know, mm-hmm. and and not to feel like you have to try to measure um, people's value by being right or wrong, because life is way beyond right or wrong. Yes. Because in reality, like I could be right today, but wrong tomorrow. And so if I weigh my life sheer off of sheer morality in that way, then, you know, I will, I will always be judgmental to others, you know. But if I live my life according to the cross, then there's something called cross-cultural. You know, wow. now we can actually look beyond the sin and now we can look how God sees those individuals and we can reach beyond our own personal opinions and now we can speak to the deep things of humanity, which is man's depravity, which is which is our need for the a glorious Savior. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Here's another point, too. You know, we could think we're right and be very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so true, like... Like that cross-cultural, that's a play on words. Like, mm-hmm. is the cross being applied to culture, to people? And are we giving people what they need, not what they deserve? You know, mm-hmm. this is a huge thing. And we're such, there's such inflammatory speech going on. There's such turmoil. There's so much anger because the axe head is lost. The glory of God. My bullseye now is no longer pleasing God, honoring God, worshiping God. But now it's pleasing myself pleasing um, my appetites. It's like the glory of God is now moved to the glory of man. And that's one of the greatest issues of humanism is the overestimation of man and the underestimation of God. And I love this point. Like, how do we bring the glory back? In this sense, I think, Brandon, you said it, we reflect, like we reflect the glory of God. Like you see these little reflectors on the side of the road or maybe when you're driving your car, you see that reflective paint and thank God for that, you know, because sometimes it's so, you know, with the fog and the darkness, it can be hard to see. But what's that job of the reflector? Well, it's to absorb the light and the prism or as you use that word spectrum, which is a great I wrote a book a little bit on, on, on how a spectrum of light comes in, hits the prism, and it distributes different colors. Mm. And it's like when God's life comes in our life, it distributes his, his ministry. But anyway, getting back to the reflector, we're, we just reflect the glory of God. And, mm. and maybe, uh, Brandon, you want to talk about that, if, if you would, just uh, or anything on yeah. these lines. Well, um, <clears throat> I wanted to go off uh, what Pastor uh, James was talking about before. Um, but I lost the thought, so. Okay. <laughs> but reflecting Jesus, though, <laughs> reflecting Jesus, um, that's really what this is all about. You know, uh, what what can we do? 
what what really can we do? You know what we can do? We can receive the initiation from the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and reflect whatever that is to people. And that's what makes the difference. Not what we think is right, which is what you were talking about, but 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 rather what God knows is right. Like, how do I know what a person needs in this situation that they're in? I don't. But God is faithful, and He will give me that thing to give to them. Mm-hmm. And I've been experiencing that in my own life uh, a lot more recently, uh, a lot more consistently recently, where I don't know what a person needs. But because I'm looking to God and receiving what I need from the Spirit, then I actually just operate. It, it becomes, it feel, it's supernatural, but it feels natural. It just comes out of me for the person. And I hear these sentences now in response. How did you know to say that? Or, thank you so much, I was praying for this answer, and then you were the one that gave it to me. Hmm. But I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just operating in the Spirit of God the best I know how, just submitting in humility and that being a reflector. And then it just comes out, you know, and that's what people need. That's Mm -hmm. what people need. They don't need us. They need the spirit of God. They need Christ living in us. Right. And plus, we're not we're technically we're not even alive anymore. Uh, Anyway, it's Christ (laughs) that's living in us. So we should operate in that for people. Mm And that's what's going to make the, the difference. Not telling people that they're off, unless, of course, the Holy Spirit has a very specific time and place for that and rebuke for people, which, by the way, will also always be in love. Yeah. It's never going to be just the facts. There's always going to have to be love involved because we know in the Scriptures it says that without love being involved, I can have every piece of truth I want, every fact I want, and it'll just be like a... A loud banging symbol, noise, not doing anything, not having any effect at all. Mm. But Christ is, but God is faithful. He is successful. He is powerful. He is victorious. That as I trust Him, He's going to make sure that people get what they need as I reflect Him to them. Excellent. Pastor James, excellent thoughts here, isn't it? Yeah, this is great. This is great. Um, I just have, uh, I guess, a wrapping thought, maybe. Yeah, wrap-up thought, we'll absolutely. We're going for two hours. No, <laughs> but <laughs> no, we got a few minutes left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I like the scripture in Philippians uh, where it says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Mm. Right? Like, we're just one big need. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, a need for air, a need for... For relationship, a need for love, right? A need for resources, right? And it's like God, who He is, He supplies all those needs according to His riches and glory. And His glory is where we find our our provision. Yes. Right? And sometimes we make God a resource instead of the source mm. in our life. Wow. And it's interesting when we make things, people... Jobs, situations, a source in our lives, they have the ability to control us. But when we make God the source in our lives, then guess what, my friends? He will supply every last thing that we need. Amen. Mm. Amen. You know, Pastor James, just as we close, I you said that was excellent. I, there's so much in this cast and maybe... 
you know, our listeners, you know, listen to it a few times. I'm just taking notes as we're talking here. But, you know, you said something earlier about the glory of God having weights. And I think sometimes when when we're not in the spirit, you know what happens? We're like a styrofoam cup on the water. We kind of float around, drift around. Mm -hmm. But as we walk with God in great weakness, but in, in but we're reliant on Him, He adds weight to our life. Mm -hmm. So this is the this is the great. This is not a weight loss plan. Everyone's trying to lose <laughs> weight. In the spirit, we want to yeah. gain weight. <clears throat> That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> All you carb lovers out there, <laughs> yeah. come on, grab your Bibles. Come okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, God's adding weight, and so now we're heavy. In the right sense, we're deep. We have some substance. We have some content. Because I think in Edgewood, people are going to need or want. They don't even know what they want. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry. They know what they want. They don't know what they need. And so here you are, a reflector or Brandon in Florida. Mm -hmm. Wherever we are, we're just speaking glory. Mm -hmm. Right? I think we're changed from glory to glory. There's another mm -hmm. one, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're hitting the bullseye. Yes. Hit, hitting the target. Yes, sir. With the axe. <laughs> Brandon, go for it. Last comments, Brandon. If we're bringing the glory to God as number one, not about the not people as, as number one, not things, not ministry, not this, not that, not even my needs or my wants, but we're just soul-focused, bullseye, bringing glory to God, He's going to make sure that all those other things happen the, the way that they're supposed to mm. at the right time, the right way, it's going to work. He's going to make sure that we don't fail. Why? Because He is our God. We're bringing Him the glory. We're looking to Him, mm -hmm. and He's making sure that for His own namesake, that we He's making sure we mm -hmm. will not fail. Mm -hmm. Yes. His reputation is on the line. He will not fail us. Excellent. Excellent. You know, great thoughts here today, and let's be praying for our nation. Let's be praying for our churches it's not a time, as was said, to, to, to like the church to be against itself, but to be praying, to be loving, to be uh, active, not critics. We don't need any more critics. We need, mm -hmm. we need, like, we don't need any more chiefs. We don't need any more coaches. We need players. We need mm -hmm. people on the, on the field with the glory of God and helping restore the axe head. Because think about it. If the axe is dull, you have to use more weight. I mean, you have to use more power. If there's no axe head, it's even worse, right? You just whack the tree and there's nothing going on, except you're just getting worn out. But when when the glory of God is paramount, then the power of God, the work of God, the effectiveness of God, the spirit of God, the anointing of God, the will of God, the the all these things are happening. Well, I'm going to start going for two more hours here. But <laughs> hey, thanks, guys, for being here. Pastor James, you're awesome. Thank you for having me, Pastor. Thank you. Brandon. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Love you all. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome. <music>